Hello everyone, welcome to our final prequels episode of Star Wars as we discuss Star Wars Re- Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. I'm Zinger and I have the higher ground. I'm Rob and you underestimate my power. I'm Ellie. Crush them, make them suffer. <laughs> what? <laughs> I had to bring Grievous up in here. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, oh, I just sorry. oh you you Crush could be co- <coughs> <coughs> make them suffer. <coughs> Is that better? There, there. Okay, okay. you could you just coughed. <laughs> sorry. All right, so we have moved into the final pre- true prequel, true episode of the prequel trilogy. I guess you kind of can count Rogue One as a prequel, but this is the final episode three of the prequel trilogy, Revenge of the Sith, which I can definitely say I think we are all very excited to discuss this one. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to start with, all right, we're going to start with something that we introduced last time, the our favorite three moments from this movie. Mm-hmm. And Rob... Has used the force to be able to go. Has manipulated the force to be able to be the first person to do this. So, Rob, you're up. All right, Gooby. Well, oh, let's start off with the most obvious, everyone's favorite part: lightsaber fight over hot lava. It's yes. Just, yeah. That's like everyone's inner fourth graders' dream put to cinema. Like, how do you make something more epic? You have it on, like, a giant piece of something going down a lava waterfall with, like, epic John Williams music playing in the back. Probably, may, definitely one of the best lightsaber fights we see um, in Star Wars. So that's, so that's one. <laughs> yeah. Over the top, but one of the best. And I think that one's probably going to be mentioned through the other two of us. So, anyways, continue. <laughs> uh, two... Order 66, it, I remember like seeing the movie in the theater for the first time, it was kind of like a pretty dark moment in Star Wars to see the Jedi get killed off and how younglings. they get killed off. Younglings. Really, like one of the best moments in that whole segment is just seeing Anakin like march an army of stormtroopers into the Jedi Temple. Was, yes. And, of course, the finale where they try to kill Yoda and Yoda decapitates three stormtroopers. Yeah. So that, that whole segment of the movie, uh, number three, kind of an odd choice, but, um, the scene in the movie, right when Anakin tells right after Anakin tells Mace Windu that Palpatine's evil and Palpatine takes the Jedi to, uh, capture him or pursue him. And confront him. Confront him. Yeah, thank you. And Anakin's just kind of like sitting in the room, like staring out the window, and he's remembering his dream and remembering. Isn't Padme else. looking like out a window at him too, or just yeah? There's her. kind of like there's a, a lot of window staring in this movie. I feel, but but you kind of get like there's a process going on in Anakin's head, and he's he's trying to put everything together and ultimately it's kind of the moment that decides that the next trilogy is happening because if Anakin just stays in the room uh, everything's good may, you know, probably well, Palpatine may, would maybe have waste, killed all the yeah. Jedi but 
but anyway, that... it was it was kind of the moment he turns to the dark side. Yeah, I'd say. You know, you could argue like when he cuts off Mace Windu's hand is his real turn, but it the moment that he's just kind of steering off is sort of the moment where he considers uh, being a Sith. All right, Ellie. Yes. Do you want to go next? Sure. All right. Um, well, I second the the lightsaber duel between Anakin and Obi-Wan. All right. Definitely pretty awesome. Um, the end of the movie where, they're, uh, where she's in labor and he's transforming, so to speak. Being transformed into Vader. Yeah, I, I thought that was very cool. Um, and then, of course, uh, when Darth Vader takes his first breath, um, just just seeing his his, you can see the the, the breath come out, and it's um. I point that out. Yes, it's it's <laughs> quite it's quite cool. So those are probably my three favorite parts of the movie. All right, I guess for mine, I'm gonna go with well, obviously I'm gonna go with the Anakin Obi Wan fight. I thought that, yeah. that was, I mean, we, we've already discussed it, so I'm not going to, and we're going to discuss it more oh, later. Oh, we will discuss it more later. Yeah, so so that <laughs> that, that fight, I think, was amazing. Um, and I guess my next one after that would probably be the introduction of Grievous and just the Grievous and Obi-Wan <laughs> fight. But that honestly, <laughs> here's... sorry. Here's a little, um, I guess, hint. I'm getting really bad at revealing our ne- talking about the next episode we're going to do. It was because of the Clone Wars cartoon that they did that was done by Dexter's Laboratory that I was very interested in seeing Grievous on the big screen because they had revealed him earlier in that series. So it was really cool to finally see him on the big screen. I, I just thought he was an interesting character, personally. He is an interesting character. And that really is kind of underutilized, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I guess my number three, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place with these, would be the space battle at the beginning, the battle over Coruscant, was kind of a, was a cool space battle that is, the prequels have their, ha, I mean, the original trilogy has their merits for space battles. Mm-hmm. This was, I think, a great space battle in, in the prequels. And there is another space battle that I will discuss when that episode comes up that I think is set the bar very high for Star Wars battles. So this this was one up until recently was one of my like wow moments. Okay. Now of course the Return of the Jedi one is is amazing for the time it was made right. and the time it was made. But those would be my three. So so yeah. So that's our three um, top moments from this one from the um, from episode three. So I guess we're going to move into our quick overview of the plot. And for this, I decided to actually reach out to a fellow podcaster, Chet, from the Down the Hall podcast. And me and him have been messaging back and forth. And our challenge was to describe the plot to episode three within the amount of a Twitter message. So we could not use, like, it had to be a tweet-sized description of the movie. Right. So... Ellie, if you would, I will let you read his first one. Okay. All the deaths, births, and turns to the dark side that were already spoiled for us in 4 to 6. Breaking news. Lord Vader found burnt limbless on a lava planet. Witnesses quoted saying he did not have the higher ground. More at 11. (laughs) Nice. 
Chancellor Palpatine's new look, before and after photos. Click to view the slideshow. Newly appointed emperor takes on new apprentice. Last apprentice was de-handed. Maybe this one will have a hand up on his predecessor. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> General Kenobi seen leaving the hospital with baby. Declined to make any absolute statements. <laughs> Because, you know, only Sith. Deal in absolutes. All right, so that was our Twitter match of and, us uh, discussing stuff. Oh, Rob's got one, too. Yeah, one last one. Uh, essentially, the outcome of this movie in every fight is apparently determined by higher ground. Yeah. It actually, saying. except for Obi-Wan Kenobi versus Grievous, he had the lower ground and shot him. So apparently if you have a blaster, you can overcome the higher ground. Well, yeah. All right. Well, anyways, once again, I'd like to thank Chet from Down the Hall Podcast. Check them out. Like I said, it was me and him kind of were having a little, I guess, joke off of, you know, who could, you know, tweet the most random thing about the Star Wars Episode 3 plot. So I guess we can go to impact on the series and impact on the culture of Star Wars now. And to be honest, I think that I, I don't think this as in like you can only watch this one and get the entire prequels. But if there is a important episode to the prequels, this is it. Like if you if you only were able to watch one episode of the prequels, like if someone said you can only watch one episode of the prequels to understand the entire plot. This one, of course, has to be it because it's last, but it has the most reveals of everything in it. And I think, oh, I, th- I thought you were going to say something, Allie. Oh no! I was just moving closer. All right, you're 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 getting ready to jump. You're getting you're. you're... <laughs> I'm gonna pounce. I have the higher ground though, so. <laughs> Barely. Barely, um, but I think one of the biggest impacts, I guess, in my mind, and I've kind of gone through the whole prequel trilogy, kind of looking at it as everyone complains about the political side of it, and I've kind of been right. trying to watch it with the political side of it in mind. The failing political side. Yes, and this shows the complete failing that he. it is pointed out by the Jedi that uh, Palpatine has not given up power. He keeps accruing more and more mm-hmm. and more power, and he has overstayed his term limits. They've destroyed term limits to allow him to, to continue to rule, and right. it's making the Jedi nervous. Well... I think that this movie shows the true power of the Sith, to be honest with you, because it shows how manipulative he was to not only the Jedi Council, to the Senate, to everyone involved. Palpatine is, I think, one of the greatest Sith Lords when it comes to manipulation. Oh, yeah. Because he manipulated one of the greatest Jedis. He was able to deceive an enti- the entire Jedi Council, manipulate the entire Senate, and just it, it 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 just amazed me, like looking at it from that angle of what he was able to accomplish, and basically turn a plot to bring back justice and what was right into a plot to destroy him, and that it was a that the Jedi were attacking the democracy, and that the only way to stop this was to create an empire so that he could rule and protect them from this happening again. I mean, can we be honest though? Anakin's pretty manipulative. I mean, um, pretty easy to manipulate. Yes, he was in this. I mean, definitely a flawed character. I agree with both of you. 
And I have some like specific points, but I'll bring that up later in open discussion. I mean, if you want to bring them up now, it's yeah. no problem. Well, really, like, um, I, in this movie, after rewatching it again, I really think the Jedi almost destroy themselves. I can see that. And yeah. Ellie actually yeah. has a good point on that. I know to she put mentioned. put it in, in Star Wars terms, they underestimate the power of the dark side. They, like, when you watch the movie, there's so many points where you just see the Jedi, Yoda, Mace Windu, Obi-Wan, all of them making bad decisions. Um, for one, I always thought, like, how they dealed with Anakin was not smart. Like, Well, but he's the chosen one, according to the prophecy. He's the chosen one, but... He has Palpatine, who it's pointed, it's clearly shown. Anakin looks up to this figure, and think, and they both think highly. They both have a respect for each other, and Palpatine wants to put Anakin on the council and represent him in the Jedi Council, which hasn't been done before. So it's so it's the Emperor once again. Well, it's Palpatine once again getting involved and in using his power to manipulate to get involved in something and create those seeds of distrust and those that that questioning of you know what what's right and what's wrong by Anakin later. And it's just, it really wasn't very smart of the Jedi to ask Anakin to spy on someone especially that is, especially when, someone that that they know that he trusted or that trusted him so much. And then at the same time there's the whole aspect of their not granting him the title of master so really like the jedi council is kind of making anakin feel disrespected while asking him to uh spy on someone who he does have respect for and it's just not a very smart move on top of that another thing uh, Palpatine's able to foresee Anakin's visions, or maybe he gave them to him. That's another thing, an open discussion. But so pretty much, Anakin goes to Yoda and says, I'm, "Help me! I've been having these visions. Yeah. What can I do?" And yeah, Yoda's ba- basically, basically like, "Yoda's like, yeah, don't, just... don't get too attached to things." Then yeah, they're just to, visions. Then he goes to Palpatine, and Palpatine's like, "Let me tell you about a guy named Darth Plagueis. He can stop people from dying." Yeah, By it, the way. I know the Jedi Council asked you to spy on me. <laughs> By the way, I also know about the dark side. By the way, I can also teach you how to save your, your wife and child. Yeah, just By like, the way, they're going to betray me. It's just he manipulated so much it's in like that situation. He called out the entire Jedi Council and I mean, he told it, Anakin what he wanted to hear, whereas I mean, it, Yoda told him the worst thing, you know, basically just don't care i mean ignoring the fact that he also manipulated the entire war considering the fact that he was playing both sides of that war successfully mind you he was the 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 chancellor on one side and on the other side he was helping lead the separatists so he was basically able to manipulate certain people and certain armies to be in certain places to better him and to better whichever side he felt needed to win at the time which, of course, in the end was obviously going to be the Republic slash the Empire because that was the best thing for him. Um, something else that this, the, I, I'm sure we'll bring it up in a minute, but 
another thing that I think is a huge impact on the series, this might fit more into inspiration. And actually, no, this, 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 this fits here into impact failure and fatal misunderstanding and yeah inability to basically fail i i want to say failure anakin feels he has a failure as a jedi he's going to fail as a jedi to protect his family again he failed previously his powers were useless to help him when he when it came to his mother now he's having similar visions which i mean as rob i think kind of pointed out and hinted at these visions could be being done by Sidious himself could be implanting these visions. For all we know, it's never really pointed out in the, in the movie. But, I mean, he's having these visions of his wife dying, his kid not surviving. So that causes him to not trust his own abilities and rely on somebody else like Sidious to help him, to help him grow in, in what he thinks grow and become more powerful. And also that the republic that he's been sworn to protect is failing as well democracy failed by allowing this to happen the jedi failed by allowing this to happen this movie is kind of surrounded by a failure of everything to to, for anyone to act when they needed to and then of course for some people to act when they didn't need to rest in peace mace windu's hand true yeah well but um can i can we go back a little bit to the visions though oh yeah yeah we're like, like i said apparently we're just this 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 movie. I think has a huge huge impact in my mind on what I mean, takes place later. You know how we've discussed before about the point of view. Yep, it is. This is true from a certain point of view. Right. Yes. So I think that should be the theme of this entire podcast. Uh, and the the thing that I kind of wanted to talk about though is just the whole underlying point of view. When Anakin has these visions, he's imagining that she's dying because of complications with childbirth. But yes. couldn't it really be that she, he made her die? She died of a broken heart. Yes. And if he wouldn't have... Done he, anything. If he, he had done nothing. He was so focused yeah. on becoming stronger and stronger and stronger so that he could save her from death. But if he would have just, they would have just not lived done their anything normal life and did what they needed to do, then it's very possible that she may not have died because I really honestly, when, when Obi-Wan, I think it's Obi-Wan that makes the comment about, um, maybe it isn't it's somebody there during the, 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 you know, birth where it's they the say robot. I think it's the lost the, the will to live. I think it's one of the like nurse yeah, robots. Okay. One of the hospital. And, one, and, one of the droids that's not trying to shoot Jedi. Right. But but that's what I'm saying is is the fact that I think it's it's awfully funny that that he has this drive to save her from death because he thinks she's gonna be dying because of childbirth, but when when you finish the movie you realize you know she probably died because of like i said because of a broken heart and he's kind of responsible for this if he wouldn't have done all the stuff that she he did then she may not have even you know had that happen so so a quick impact on the series thing that i'm going to mention now before we get too far and i don't think that this fits into open discussion um grievous i'm just going to mention <coughs> you can do that every time <laughs> So, it's kind of addictive. so I, I actually I just now got the joke. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to the party, Rob. All right. So, so um, <laughs> so Grievous, 
he's hard to talk about when it comes to this because there's not very much explained within the movie about him. Mm-hmm. There's tons of stuff explaining the expanded universe and TV shows. Right. But there's not much explaining this, so I'm going to have to slightly pull from that. And I'm going to say slightly because it is still stuff that is referenced, refer, referred to in the movies vaguely. One, he's not a droid. He is technically a cyborg of sorts that's on a sort of life support system, which is apparently supposed to be the precursor to what kept Vader alive, allegedly. Here's the other thing. He hates being referred to as a droid. He mm-hmm. hates it. it. It is like the bane of his existence to be referred to as a droid. And I just thought that was a very interesting thing, that that, that he was leading a dro- droid army he seemed like a very sniveling individual that was an opportunist in the movie. When we have our discussion on the expanded universe, I'll get into Grievous, I think, a little bit more deeper. But for now, I'm just saying he was an interesting character that I feel was underutilized in this movie and was just sort of another of the rotating villains and just, I think, need to be there because Dooku... I, I, I feel like we're not going to even mention the Dooku fight at the beginning of the movie, which <laughs> which I think we should mention because that actually has an impact on the movie itself. Because when we were watching it, Ellie, I pointed this out to you, the speech that is given during that is the exact same speech that is given by Mace Windu to Anakin again, that he's too dangerous to be kept alive. Um, that, you know, all this stuff that was the same thing that Palpatine was telling Anakin to kill him. So it's just kind of interesting, the the dichotomy there of the same scene, but kind of the roles were flipped. And then, of course, someone yells no, and lightning, and unlimited power, and a hand flies. No! no I can't do it. Go ahead, no, go ahead. no, you go. no! You have lost! <laughs> unlimited power! <laughs> yes. I'm sure that that's going to register terribly. <laughs> This is great podcasting. All right, so I, I just wanted to throw that out there because I felt like we're not going to really discuss the beginning of the movie because it I, just, I, I was gonna, I was probably going to make some okay, cool. I I just discussion. I just thought that was interesting at the end of that duel how similar it was to the end of the Mace Windu Sidious duel. I guess we can move on real quick because I feel like light discussion is going to take a lot more of time in this one, and I'm sure. Ellie has some pretty cool inspirations because she always seems to walk up and knock these out of the park. That's too much pressure. Too much pressure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Are we doing inspirations? Yeah. Now? Yeah, we're, oh. we, we're, we're moving on because I, like, I feel like light discussion is going to kind of, once as it always does, impact more than. Okay. Of it. Um, well, I do have some fun ones. All right, cool. So, just some of the the more art, artistic part, the filming part, I'm sure a lot of people know, but I thought it was really cool that when they were filming uh, at Mount Etna in Italy, it was actually erupting. The volcano was erupting, and that's where they got a lot of the footage for hmm. Mustafar. Interesting. Yeah, so I, I thought that was <laughs> really cool that clearly um, it has CG and, and that yeah. sort of thing, but some of the lava... Um, you know, some of the running lava and some of that is actually was, was live erupting footage from Mount Etna in Italy. Um, and, and also for, um, Kashyyyk, the, um, (laughs) environment 
was actually inspired by the Star Wars Holiday Special. Are we actually going to talk about that, like, seriously, <laughs> in this entire endeavor, or no? What? You got to bring up the Star Wars Holiday Special. Thank goodness that's... Is it considered canon? That's a good question. No, no. We should find out. During we, during the Wood Order podcast, we mentioned the anti-smoking commercial with C-3PO and R2-D2, <laughs> so we might as well mention the Christmas special. Well, we can bring it up in either the Legends discussion... Which will be in May. Or... The Canon discussion, which correct. will be... I can't remember the month off the top of my head. Some other time. Let's not math it up right now. Yes. Um, and, but... A lot of the the mountains and everything from Kashyyyk were filmed in Phuket, Thailand. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I can kind of see that now that mm-hmm. you mentioned it. Yeah. So that's a few right now. If you have any, I'm not sure if you do or not. Well, do you have the cameo ones in this for this one? I do not. I figured that you would want to do that. All right. So an interesting cameo that is in the movie is during the opera scene, or I guess the... Darth Plagueis explanation scene. Mm-hmm. If you look off to the side, you can actually see two people standing there, and it is actually George Lucas and his daughter. I have another one for you then. All right. Speaking of cameos, Jet Lucas is actually in the film. Keeping it in the family with these yes, cameos. Exactly. Um, he is Lucas's son. Too many S's, I think. Mm. Lucas's son. There we there go. There we go. Um, he is the youngling Jedi, youngling Jedi that's running out of the Jedi temple toward, um... Bail Organa? Bail Organa's speeder. Yep. Um, and so it's kind of weird and ironic that he killed his son in the movie, but he is in there. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, he puts up a good fight, though. I think he takes out, like, three or four. I think a couple, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's mine, yeah. Good on you. Good good, good on you, Jet. Um, so, uh, I guess we're going to move, you got any more for inspirations or, I mean, obviously Star Wars previous stuff kind of carries over to here. Um, obvious inspirations from, of course, uh, World War II, uh, Civil War, stuff like that. So obviously those are in there, which we have covered in previous ones, but I think we're going to get to the meat of this discussion. Oh, wait, you got one, Rob? Uh, not really. I was, I don't know if it was... In episode two or episode three, but someone pointed out, like in the giant uh, room with uh, Palpatine talking, in one of the little booth things, you can see uh, ET creatures. Oh, that's in that's in one of the Senate. Um, oh. It it's not episode three; it's episode one or two. Okay, pretty you, sure you, it's you two can, then. You you can see ET like ET like aliens in one of the little Senate things, the little hover Senate fly things Just a gotcha. fun little easter egg yeah i think it's i want to say it's one i know it's in one of the first two i know it's not three though let us know in the comments thanks rob or tweet at us all right so i guess moving on to the to the um final battle well Uh-oh. not the final battle but i guess the big battle of this whole thing the open discussion which i'm pretty sure we're about to let the floodgates loose on everything on all of our feelings and fears and other stuff that I've, Jedi's I've aren't supposed pretty, to. Pretty serious one. All right, Ellie, you you can step up to the plate first and. Thanks. Why the crap don't the Wookies have subtitles? 
there was no one to translate this time. It's great when saying, Han's there who I'm can be like, what saying. do you mean? Because what, what does Han do every time Chewbacca says something? His response is, what do you mean this isn't this? Or what are you talking? Like, he's always sure. just... Sometimes you can just, like, put together what <laughs> Chewbacca is saying. Yeah. Well, kind of like when your cat meows at you and you just... You Let's get it. Let's go back to Order 66. All right. So when we are watching the movie and there's the Order 66. Execute and then... Order 66. I don't know why we keep trying to do that impression. I don't know. Okay, but moving on. When, when you know, Yoda's around and then they're back at Kashyyyk and there's the scene with the two Wookiees standing mm-hmm. there. What the crap are they saying? They, they just show them, and they're, like, talking to each other. And I want, I want to know what they're saying. Why are there not subtitles? I, I just kind of seems like, Yuda's leaving. I'm sad by this. I'm <laughs> well, sad, too. The- I like Yuda. <laughs> okay, interesting thing. I'm just saying. Interesting thing, real quick. Yoda just lopped off two of the heads of the stormtroopers <laughs> that they're fighting alongside. And they're just cool with him doing that. Don't really question it. He doesn't really explain what's happening to them, and they just kind of run off. Maybe yeah. that's what they're good, talking good, about. Good point. Maybe it, maybe it is. Can Yoda understand Wookiee? Oh, wait, he can, because he says he has a good relationship with the Wookiees earlier in the movie. Well, I'm glad that Yoda does. Apparently. Yoda, Han, and uh, C-3PO, I guess, can understand him. So. Right. So sorry, that was my first question. All right, cool. So that's so that's open discussion has begun. I feel like Rob is going to jump out of his chair and throw some Senate chairs at me. Oh, I'm just going to uh, keep making references I, to. I think I know what you're referring to, and um, one one thing that really has bugged me about this movie ever since the first time I saw it is why. Does Yoda stop fighting? Like he doesn't really lose all out. Yeah, he gets like knocked down. Like it's a good solid fight, but then like he gets his lightsaber blown away, and then they kind of like Palpatine force tries into to each use other, yeah. the force lightning, and Yoda def- they both blast off the same thing. Palpatine just has something to grab onto, and Yoda doesn't, and then Yoda just walks away i've never understood why yoda didn't just like keep fighting maybe can we and can we talk about how he started the fight with that awesome quote he said oh yeah he said if so powerful you are why leave oh yeah he takes out the two guards that walks into the room that that scene hands down okay we've talked about the yoda fight (laughs) in the previous one this one hands down from beginning to end. Not saying the other one was bad. He in just enters this but room that one, and yeah, like, boom. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed the aspects of that fight. Don't know why it wasn't on my top three though. It kind of was happening at the same time because as the way he my, punked out. What wasn't on my top three for two reasons. One, it's going on at the same time as the Anakin. Obi-Wan so it's kind fight. of it's kind of balled into each yeah. other. Yeah. If you if you were to ask me before I saw this movie, what would you rather see, Anakin and Obi Wan or Yoda versus the Empire? I would have said Yoda versus the Empire, but Emperor Anakin, the whole Empire. A- Anakin and Obi Wan's fight is a lot more emotional and right. kind of a lot more fun to watch, really, just because of the lava and acrobatics and silly things they're doing during the fight. Mm-hmm. Um. 
so it's just like in all honesty like the whole boring part of the climax is when it switches to yoda and yeah that and actually as as epic as that fight is by comparison to the one on mustafar it would be the boring the more the boring one the of the one two mustafar is just a lot more like emotionally impacted in this movie i i'm not 100 percent sure if i'm correct on this features the most lightsaber fights in the star wars I saga as of and, yet uh, it is the most if, if i'm correct because you've got the fight with dooku mm-hmm. um yeah you got that fight oh i forgot i i got it i got the interesting fact um you got that fight you've got I guess you could include Anakin versus the the um, Jedi Temple because there oh, is. Oh, that's just wrong. I'm not. I didn't say the younglings. They show a video of him fighting somebody. I don't know if it's younglings. There's the massacre of Sidious versus um, Mace Windu and the people he brought. Rest in peace, Kid Fisto. Yeah. Um, but my, my I mean, Kid, Kid Fisto, I, I will give him credit. He was the last to go down besides Mace. And then you had the Mace Windu versus Sidious fight. After that was the, I don't know, would you call it a fight if it's a massacre of Anakin just chopping through the Separatists? That's pretty awesome. Uh, you also have Grievous yes. versus, you also have Grievous versus Obi-Wan. Then you have Yoda and Obi-Wan versus Stormtroopers. Then you have Anakin versus Obi Wan and Sidious versus Palpatine. Yoda. But S- second, Sidious versus Yoda. Second reason for that not being in my top three is because Yoda just walks away at the end. Yeah. Now, now, yeah, now, just, out. just, just saying. Do you think maybe Yoda realized this was not his battle to win, or that maybe he couldn't win? Maybe he deep down was like, "I can't win this. the The dark side's too strong right now. The light side. Maybe, maybe that had something to do with it. I'm." I'm not giving a guaranteed answer here. That like I have some fact to pull I up mean, that well, proves it. Well, he talks about having to go into exile now. Yeah, because he he realized he was not the one to finish this fight. Maybe. Well, I mean, if he couldn't beat him, I can kind of understand that. But I mean, when the whole galaxy's been overthrown, I kind of feel like that's a reason to jump back into the fight, not just oh, he has a higher ground, so I better leave. And can we talk about the Obi-Wan invaders fight? Hold on. Okay. Let, let, me, let me get my one thing out real quick that I had remembered while I was talking about this. It goes back to Grievous because apparently I'm just a fan of Grievous in this movie for the short <laughs> timings in it. There is a line in there that's very interesting okay. when Anakin and Grievous meet where he mentions where they um, kind of have a little back and forth where Anakin says, I thought someone would be of your stature would be older yes. is what Grievous says to Anakin. Anakin Correct. responds with, I always thought you'd be taller. Right. This single line created a, how do you say a um, paradox within the Clone Wars TV series? This is the newer, more recent animated one, the, the um, digitally animated one. Grievous and Anakin could never meet in that series at all. They could never be in the room together because of that one line. Every other piece of continuity can be ignored, but that one line said in episode three had to go on for several seasons of having those characters never meet. All right, so that was kind of my, like like a little fun fact that I had known about from the the Clone Wars series. So that, I just wanted to throw that out there while it was on my mind. But yes, you wanted to talk about the... Yes. Are you sure you want to do that yet, or do you want to save that for the end? 
Why would I save it for the end? Let's talk about it. We're in the open discussion. Yes. Well, I meant the end of open discussion, but... So, I think it's pretty awesome that pretty much throughout the prequels, um, Obi-Wan and Anakin slash Vader... Dun, dun, dun. Um, did most of their own stunts as far as with the lightsabers and the fighting and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. actually for the... For the la- for the you know the main one at um, Mustafar in episode three, you know how insanely fast it is. Yeah, I mean they that pretty much was so that, real that time. one scene in the control room where they're like, and I love my sound effects. They they were pretty not on point, and but anyway, my sound effects you mean? Yes. Okay, making sure. But they actually trained and practiced for over two months with like fitness and fencing to get ready for to do that fight and i thought that was really impressive that was that's really pretty cool. cool that's that's actually yeah. really cool there were a few scenes it said that like um they had to take a you know a screen out at a time just to make it a little bit more impactful but yeah. for the most part it it was their real time cool i mean mm-hmm. that's a that's a very epic fight. I mean, we've I think we've already beaten a dead horse on how that fight ends. Right. Something to do with someone's on an elevated surface over someone else. Uh, what? Higher ground? Yes. Wise? Yeah. <laughs> but that fight was I mean very iconic and it's just it it set a huge tone and it really I I I think that the I mean, the, the acting in Star Wars is questionable at times. I think I can say that without getting too much hate. But uh, the Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan scene at the end there, like, that felt painful. Oh, yeah. Just just every aspect. I mean, aside from you're watching somebody get caught on fire and sitting there, multiple limbs cut off, it, it, it truly felt like he, like, like there was a true failure there that, that 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 you know he was watching everything he stood for die by having to take down Anakin yeah. and he he couldn't even bring himself to finish him off either like i mean he 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 left assuming that that he would probably die but right. but i mean he couldn't go and finish him off in that moment i mean maybe that was him if he had done that he would accept it, accepted it into the dark side for it but i mean it well it he just, probably just felt like it wasn't necessary that yeah it, what was done was done, and that he wasn't going to be coming back from that. So. Or once again, as we've discussed with Yoda, maybe he felt like it was not his place to... Right. That that was not his fight to win, maybe. Yeah. So, I But mean, it was very tragic. Yes. this Like I said, this, this movie has lots of tragedy and lots of, you know, pain and suffering through it. And something we haven't discussed yet is Natalie Portman in this movie. Mm-hmm. I just kind of want to throw that out there as she was kind of relegated to the background for a lot of this. I mean, she is pregnant in it, but right. it's just she's very in a lot of the other stuff a lot in episode two and episode one. And then in this, she's just kind of there as the as the um, crutch to Anakin of why he turns. and She is the reason he yeah. turned. I mean, she is the sole reason. He, that was his... You know, like I said, he, he's a flawed character anyway, but his main obsession and the reason why he turned the way he did is because he wanted to find a way to beat death. 
So, so. I, I kind of want to say something to that now, but I'm going to save that for a surprise thing we're doing at the end of this for that discussion. So I, I, I guess just, just put a pin in, in the discussion on why he turned to the dark side for now. I, I thought it was very interesting to have the Wookiees involved in this. I know we're kind of jumping back now, but I thought it was kind of interesting to show, to, to show Kashyyyk <laughs> and to also have the Wookiees involved. And I kind of want to tip my hat real quick to the fact that allegedly Han Solo was supposed to appear yeah. as a child in this and they did not do it. And I'm kind of actually happy about that. I don't know why. I mean, I'm, I have nothing against Han Solo. It's just I felt like it would have been It'd out of... It would be blatant fan pandering. Thank it you. It definitely would. I, I, I feel but like... Isn't that I what mean, Rogue One is? Putting Chewbacca Oh, no, in... that's Seven. Seven was the one that was blatant. Well, we'll discuss I'm that sorry. when we... We will discuss yeah, that when we get to those episodes. <laughs> Chewbacca was like a pretty strong seven. fan pandering as it was. They would have thrown Han Solo in there. Also, the Millennium Falcon, you can see. Oh, yes, you, you can see when they are arriving back after they crash the Separatist shuttle, you can see the a, a um, Millennium Falcon-like ship landing. It's I don't know if it's 100... I mean, they've it's a mass-produced ship. It's just... If you watch it, you definitely see it, and you're like, oh, it's a Millennium Falcon. Yes. So that, that was definitely a nice little nod there. They had some of the mouse droids... In it at one point, which is another fan nod. Um, Can we talk about the babies? Sure. Okay. I, okay, this, this is coming in out of left field. Yes, the babies are fan pandering as well. <laughs> I mean, what was the point of having them in the end of the movie? Dun dun. I love this little little tidbit. So, you know the babies. Okay. Luke and Leia, mm-hmm. right? Okay. For a few of the like little clips... The babies were actually um, animatronic puppets. Weird. And um, Obi-Wan is holding them, so he got to control them. (sighs) I love this. If somebody doesn't know this one already, it's super awesome. So a lot of the cast jokingly referred to it as (laughs) Foamy One Kenobi. I love it. Foamy One Kenobi referring to the... Puppet. Puppet that Ugh, that it's, it's kind of weird <laughs> that Ewan McGregor was was holding. Um, yes, that's what a lot of the cast members called it by that. So I think it's kind of fun. Interest. Um, actually, since we're on kind of the end of the movie, we're I don't know we're, we're jumping around with this discuss with this open discussion right now. So since we're at the end of the movie, I thought it was a nice little tidbit. The Yoda goes into self-imposed exile as well as Kenobi. Correct. But it is mentioned the whole, I, I thought it was kind of a weird little nudge there about his previous master, you know, understanding, you know, discovering a way to immortality, essentially becoming a force ghost. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what he goes off to train to do. It, I don't know. I don't know. Th- that, I felt like it was needed. It just felt like a weird... Did anyone else feel that way about it? That it was just kind of a weird segment to be like, oh, by the way, I've been talking to your old master. I guess. It it didn't, I felt like it it doesn't need to not be in there. It just felt like a weird change of pace all of a sudden. I gotcha. So. I kind of like, too, in the final battle, I forgot to mention this earlier, that um, their lightsabers are the same color. Yes, yes. That, that, that is actually yeah. really that cool. That's actually something I noticed today while watching. And it's like, oh, they're the same color. Yeah. Usually there's And I feel like that's the them one. bringing back the, from a point of view, 
Because both of them feel like they're right. Yes, that that is. You know what I'm saying? Anakin's thinking he's building his his perfect his peaceful world because you know he brought peace to the galaxy. Which, right. I mean, here's the thing: not to side on the realm of tyranny and an empire, right. but yeah. he's not wrong. Right. And Kenobi wanting to bring back the you know the Republic and justice and bring you know who caused all this to justice. He isn't wrong either. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, the Empire is an opposing, you know, dictatorship that, you know, sweeps through the galaxy. But right. technically, it does bring about a time of peace, technically. Quote, unquote. Now, with what I said earlier. Not, I'm not, about, hold on, uh, I'm, 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 not okay. with, I'm not signing with the Empire people. I'm not. <laughs> no, I, I, Hashtag rebel for life. Stones. But, um. Like, what I was saying earlier, though, is the Jedi make some bad decisions, so you can kind of see where Anakin's mind frame is during the fight. That if you're not with me, then you're my enemy. Well, that and, like, he's fighting against someone that kind of asked him to betray a friend. True. Um, And someone that he looked to as a father figure. Also, when I mentioned um, the fight with Dooku, let's not forget, like, at the very beginning of this movie, it basically starts off with Anakin being a war hero. Yeah. For murdering somebody. Well, he saves Palpatine, (laughs) who at this point is important, and he kills Dooku. All on his own, because Kenobi was out of commission during Mm -hmm. that time. And then after that... And piloted the ship back down that was breaking apart. They have to throw that down everybody's throats, too. How many times Anakin has saved Obi-Wan's butt. Which we don't... uh, What is it, nine times? No, he he he, says ten, and then he goes, no, nine. I don't count... That the, yeah. the thing that happened on something that was right. probably covered in the Clone Wars series. Yeah. So at the beginning of this movie, Anakin's kind of riding ri- riding a high horse. Yeah. So and then like everything kind of turns crappy for him really quick. Also, I love Samuel L. Jackson as an actor. I'm not a big fan of uh, Mace Windu's character. I'm not either. I always wow. thought like he's just yeah. kind of a dick. <laughs> Whoa! Um, <laughs> well, I mean, like he's—he talks down to sound effect. <laughs> he talks down to Anakin a lot of scenes where you can kind of like, yeah, I'd cut that guy's hand off too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, important question right now, since we're discussing it: Did Mace Windu legitimately win the fight no. with Sidious, or did Sidious allow himself to appear to be beaten to turn Anakin? I think Sidious planned. Yeah. Everything. In fact, we were talking earlier about the visions. I can definitely see where Ellie was coming from, but my thought is Sidious gave Anakin the visions. So you think he's that powerful of manipulator? Yeah, he just he he fooled everyone in that movie, and I just for I, years. By I the think way, like yeah, long time. He he needed. A moment for Anakin to have that final turning point. I think he probably could have crushed Mace Windu. Well, he was setting up Anakin for that desperation. You know, he's kept taunting him, saying, "If saying, you let I'm him the, kill me, me, then there's no way you're going to figure out how to." And what's the first thing he says once he's given the upper hand? Sidious says when once he's given the upper hand in that fight. No, 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 no. He 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 yells, and I'm not going to do the impression this time. Oh, unlimited power. Yes. Which basically he's kind of 
who can oppose him now? Really? Right. Yeah, he kind of puts the Jedi's in the same light as him. Like, yeah, it's. I mean, it's. I. I. Okay. I. I didn't weigh in on, on whether I thought he won that fight fair and square. I think Mace Windu is a very skilled Jedi. Yes, I agree. Even though we don't get to see much from him in the movies per right. se. And once again, R.I.P. Kid Fisto. Um, he did take out several Jedi's pretty effortlessly, and I think it was the. If Sidious was planning this, he did leave the right person alive for that situation. He took out the Jedi's. That he's like, oh, well, I don't need these people, and I need Mace Windu to be the one that Anakin comes here and sees me fighting. Because mm-hmm. that's the one that he, that Anakin harbors some resentment towards, that Anakin, you know, might be distrusting of. So, yes, I, I do think that, once again, we are proving that he is a great manipulator of the of the Jedi and of, you know, everything that's happened in the prequels. So, so yeah, um, just real quick, I know that we haven't mentioned it that much. Grievous fight, anybody? Anybody for the Grievous fight? I mean, it's... It's it's not that long. It's right. really not. If there's in some action, I like... I like the animal he's It's riding. good to see, like... Action in places other the, than the ending. Sorry, you you like the loudest possible means of transportation in the star. He, he that is thing awesome. is like calling out. I'm like, how's that thing stealthy at all? It's like, <laughs> rrr, rrr, like every other second. I want one. I I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I kind of like that fight. It was, as Rob said, a good breakup point. Yeah. It was at a good point. Um, I like the way he threw down the the gun and was like uncivilized or something so uncivilized yes i i i, I just like that fight because it was an interesting point where someone that was not force sensitive was using lightsabers and it kind of showed how skilled obi-wan is right i he mean even if you're skilled. not even if you're not skilled with the lightsaber that was for technically 4v1 right and he was able to pretty well disarm Grievous, literally disarm Grievous, because he did chop off a few of his hands. Right. So I mean, and it was cool looking. Yeah, it, it was. It was a nice fight to be in there, but it, of course, I think it's overlooked because there are other fights in that movie that Going on, that yeah. that overshadow it drastically. So, I guess our final thoughts on episode uh, three. Oh wait, you got you got some more. One more thing that right. we can't you, can't avoid on light open discussion. You 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 done, Ellie? For, for open discussion. Okay, um, just a quick thing. Okay, well, I was about to say, Rob's, Rob's going. I just wanted to make sure I didn't call out. Yeah, I just have one thing. All right, cool. Go, Rob. All right, so we've all been kind of waiting to do this. Let's just point out some things in the movie that don't really work. Point out some things. We, that... we all have agreed we love this movie. All right, all right. So, so now's the the now's the let's point out. Now's the time that we have the higher let's ground. Point out the nose of this movie. There's multiple. Yes. All yes. right. So Vader's no at the end. Kind of weird. That's so sad, though. It it. I mean, I, once I, again, I see where he gets com- like one more like jab. Hey, you killed. <laughs> but it was the, the, the reason you did all this. Yeah, you killed her. But it yeah. was it was Palpatine. I think confirming, I am your master now. Mm-hmm. You have nothing left but me. I am the only thing you have right now. So that I think was kind of a, a big. This is how Vader becomes the subservient lackey of the emperor so that's i think an interesting thing with that 
Um, all right, so we have the higher ground now, so let's okay, let's, so let's, let's let's not un- underestimate somebody's power. Continue. Well, here's one thing. So Anakin and Padme have to keep their marriage and pregnancy a secret. So Padme's like hella pregnant by the end of the movie. No one ever asks her like who the father is or how she Obi Wan does. Yeah. Well, Obi Wan doesn't ask. He just kind of says Anakin's the father right. after she's like super twenty pregs. minutes away from giving birth. He's like Anakin's the father, isn't he? Like no one thought to ask her. Well, that does lend credence to the whole fan joke of watching the movie, and it's actually um, the love story is actually between <laughs> Obi Wan and Padme. Yes. I'm I'm going off to fight Anakin. Oh, he's a father, isn't he? <laughs> I thought it was me this whole time. You lied. <laughs> so there's there, there's a fun fan poke for the day. Um, Ellie, you have. I just thought it was interesting that originally this movie was going to be four hours. As this podcast might be. <laughs> <laughs> I just I was like, can you imagine? I don't know. I I felt like this movie moves along at a very brisk pace at a, after oh, a certain. Oh yeah, point. I'm just saying. Originally, it was going to be. Okay, as opposed movie. to our previous discussion with episode two, where that movie felt like it dragged. Yes. This one felt like it just kind of. There's a certain point, and it just feels like all of a sudden there's this dead sprint, and you are all of a sudden at the end of the movie like, whoa, how do we get here? Right. And I I, I like that about the movie. I think it did a great job with that. So I, I don't know where they could have added to it. What, they what? could have added in the other eight months Padme was pregnant. Oh, God, no. There, there, <laughs> there you go. Um, so just before we end this, I know that there will be some criticism if we do not talk about it more. For 66 real quick, and the the jedi that, that we're getting off i mean it, it's it's assumed that there's a lot more but like plo Koon getting often is like there th- there's a lot of them that i mean they 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 go down pretty quickly and there's of course oh and seeing yoda when he like, like feels it yeah oh that was sad but, that, but that, that's the thing so could the jedis not sense that this was happening i think some of them kind of did because um well, mace, mace could, windu even has a line about like he senses uh I, I, I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. Yeah. yeah. So, like, this wasn't out of left field, but... I, I don't think... See, here's the thing. They've been at war for several years with these yeah. clone troopers. They didn't think that there was any way these troopers would turn on them. And, I mean, there's probably some EU stuff and some canon stuff that explains that better, which we might touch on in another episode. But right. I just... I mean, seeing some of these characters, I mean, that you probably have gotten to know through the EU and through the canon stuff being killed off was i mean heart-wrenching for you to see you know these to see these jedis being killed left and right i mean yeah i i think everyone in the theater was was yoda at mm-hmm. that point everyone was feeling everyone in the theater everyone who it watches was a hard, this it was a hard scene to watch and then to follow that up with the master skywalker what do we do that was so awful. Seriously, it, I, I don't like that whole part of it. It's necessary, but I don't like it. It's, I mean, it's truly sh- showing how far he's turned. Yeah, exactly. How far he's willing to go. Yes. To save, he's willing to kill all these people to technically save one person. So the needs of the many do not outweigh the needs of the few in this situation. Most definitely. All right. So final thoughts on episode three. Okay. So episode three. It has some moments of poor dialogue and questionable acting. 
Um, a little heavy on the special effects, but it is Star Wars. All in all, though, I think it's... I've never tried to rank the movies best to worst or worst to best. But I do think Revenge of the Sith is one of the better Star Wars movies. And for the prequel trilogy we got, like, it definitely ended on a high note for movies. Low point for where the characters in the series were. Great way to end the the prequel trilogy and bring in the movies we love. Ellie? Um, I, I did like it. Uh, and I have, I have some issues with, you know, kind of what we talked, we talked about Padme's kind of in the back burner. I felt like uh, after being such a strong female character, she's kind of, in the other movies. Yeah. Um, I'm pregnant and I felt like the, the dialogue between her and Anakin were so forced. It just it just felt like they had they forced those scenes in there just to just to remind you of their their undying love. Their undying love. So that, you know, when when the end happens, it makes it more heart-wrenching. Um and I guess like like we said before to kind of set up the fact that she more than likely died of a of a broken heart. Mm-hmm. Um so Without that stuff, I, I just wish that either those scenes were a little bit better done or maybe just pretty much cut out entirely. Um, but for the most part, I, I liked the movie a lot. It was definitely very emotional and, you know, a lot of struggle and heartache. So it was pretty good. Plus, it was a, it was a nice mix of, of getting the point across with the story and then some really good fight scenes as yeah. well. Well, I'm in agreement with both of you on this. I, I I went last, and I don't know how much more I can contribute that would be different from you guys. Um, as Rob said, he doesn't like ranking the movies, and I don't think I could well, do it. I never have ranked it, Well, them, yeah, yeah, and I, I don't think I could either, technically. I mean, yes, I did say that in the previous one, Episode 2, is probably my least favorite. Um, this would be my most favorite out of the prequel trilogies, easily. Right. I think yeah. it had a great story. I think it redeemed a lot of stuff from the... That, you know, might have missed the mark on the... Uh, not I'm not saying got wrong, but may have missed the mark in previous prequels. Um, previous stuff from the prequel trilogy. I have to say, I have to specify prequel trilogy because since we have Rogue One now, that is technically a prequel. But for the, for the prequel trilogy, I think that this was a nice cherry on top to it. It, it was a nice send-off. It set up a lot of stuff. It did, like, like I said, I think it portrayed the biggest thing in this movie was failure and loss mm-hmm. were the biggest things to to plunge a galaxy into hopelessness well, manipulation. and manipulation disp- and manipulation to plunge a galaxy into hopelessness and despair that opens the door for new hope to actually have such a great and more meaningful impact as a both a movie a title and as a continuation mm-hmm. to the story but we will, of course talk about rogue one and the eu before that so the surprise that I had mentioned at some point earlier, and we're, we are running long on this, so, so I, I know that this Star Wars discussion has been fun, and this one is obviously one that we all enjoyed, but we are coming to the end of our prequel trilogy discussion. This is, of course, the last prequel from the trilogy. Uh, this is, of course, the last prequel in the trilogy. So why don't we take a moment to sort of have a quick look back on the prequels as a whole. If we had to take them as a whole chunk, what is our opinion on them? 
Go ahead. I, I don't want to. Uh... I can go first if you want. All right, fine. I'll go first. You always want to go last. That's not. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll go first on this one. All right. So I mentioned earlier the thing about I think it was during when I was discussing Vader about his, you know, what turned him to the dark side, or, you know, that, 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 that he wanted more power to save his wife and to save his child. I'm going to kind of jump ahead real quick into the pre... I mean, into the original trilogy. And I always had an assumption, because I don't, I don't think this would be right to discuss in the original trilogy, but it is mentioned, you know, why Vader, why he became who he was by Obi-Wan and by other people. I always thought he just went to the dark side because he craved more power. He didn't know he had a family or had kids. It, it kind of, when it's revealed to him that he does in the original trilogy, I don't think he had any inkling that he did. I just always thought that he turned to the dark side because he craved more power for himself. And it was out of his own selfishness and malice that, that, that he went to the dark side. So when the prequels kind of shed a different light on it, I think it's interesting, but it doesn't match up with what, in my mind, I had always envisioned before. So overall, the, the prequels are, I think, great at times. They, 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 they definitely do have their really good moments. Do they match up perfectly with what we have canon-wise for the, for the original trilogy with some stuff that has been said and talked about? No. Um, it was mentioned that, and I know this is, I don't want to sit here and beat a dead, um, Jar Jar over any of this, but it was mentioned that, you know, when Obi-Wan met Anakin, he was a great pilot and he was just a kid. We could go on for another hour about all the mess ups in this, but I just wanted to say that, you know, overall, this wasn't what I, I had envisioned when I had always thought back on the prequels, but I think it did a great job when it, when it, when it was good, it was good. So that's kind of my i guess synopsis of the prequels as a whole um i guess i'll just do something real quick um as far as the prequels discussing it now that rogue one is out mm-hmm. um i think that you could have had a new prequel to where you could just put one and two kind of together have three be the second one and then rogue one be the third one as far as like a a new version i i've I like one and two, um, but I really do feel like they kind of go over, uh, what's the word? I feel like they take too long to get places yeah. in one and two. Yeah, there there so, is some stuff from our How to Watch Star Wars that kind of when they said to chop it up certain ways. Right. The, so, the machete I mean, method. Yeah. I, I really believe that if you want to still keep it as a prequel, I believe you could have taken one and two, kind of shortened them into one. And then had three, you know, yeah. episode three, and then Rogue One as the third movie yeah. in the prequel. Um, now that we have it, but yeah. of course, before that wouldn't have been an option. But I mean, like I said, overall, they're decent. I do like the third one out of the three movies. Actually, something interesting, Ellie, on your thing is there is like cuts done on YouTube where they kind of cut the prequels all together. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're long, but they kind of cut out a lot of the just pointless stuff. So maybe right. that's something in a possible future discussion. We could discuss some of these recuts of it. Yeah. And that, that, that might make some people, you know, who've seen it or, you know, who want to streamline the story. That that might be a good thing for them. But yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from that now that Rogue One exists and you could possibly 
cut up the movie. I, I don't know. It would be interesting to see sort of a recut. I feel like the hatchet would fall on um, episode two pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And definitely parts of one. Yeah. I feel like three... Would be pretty untouched, I think. Yeah, I feel you could touch up it slightly, yeah. but not as much as the other ones. All right, Rob. Um, I think I've really summed it up by saying, like, the third one knocked it out of the park. Of course, like, there's always going to be the nose and you underestimate my power and, and you know, some of that. But mm-hmm. uh, all in all, like, I, I was really, really happy with episode three when it came out. Still enjoy it. In a way, it kind of, like, saved the prequel trilogy. Like, I, I can the, agree with that. The first two are watchable, but if you've got, like, that third one to really, like, end it hard. Um, to stick the landing. It, it, yeah. it sticks the landing. Yeah, like, it's it's pretty much the reason why the prequel series is always going to be canon. It's, yeah, it just, it it ended the prequel trilogy very well. As our prequel trilogy discussion comes to an end, I just, I, I think I can say this, I, I should have said this in my recap, I think Hugh McGregor did an amazing yes. job in these yeah, movies. definitely. I mean, a lot of other people did, but I think he just, he seemed like he was having fun through all the movies, and I just, I, I just think he did an amazing job as Obi-Wan, and I, yeah. I just want to give a quick shout out. I mean, he th- is kind of what I think of as Obi-Wan now. As, as a young Obi-Wan? Uh, yeah. Just like when I hear Obi-Wan, I think you and McGregor. So with that, we're going to end our Star Wars discussion just as a quick note for anyone who is tuning in to our May episode that will be discussing the EU Expanded Universe slash Legends canon. So this is stuff that is at the moment not considered part of Star Wars canon anymore. That can be the comics, that can be TV shows, possibly, that I will discuss in length. That could be video games, that could be anything that is no longer considered canon anymore within the Star Wars universe. So that will be our next month's discussion. And then after that, we will, of course, do Rogue One. And then following that, we'll proceed to the original trilogy. Right. So definitely, if you want to look forward to that, it should be a lot of fun. And what are some of the best ways to listen to us? Uh, Well, of course, SoundCloud. iTunes. You can also find us on Google Play and Stitcher and Tuned In. And you can find us on Facebook. Zing This. You can find us on Twitter. At Zing This. And you can tweet at us. Um, You can also find us on Instagram at Zing This Podcast. You can find us playing games on twitch.tv slash Zing This and if you want to contribute to the podcast, you can always go to www.patreon.com slash zingness. You didn't want to do that in your Emperor Palpatine Im- impersonation? No. <laughs> no. No. Like, no. Just, no. <laughs> and as always, you can email us with your hatred for our impression of Emperor Palpatine or anything else we've done. It's zingness at gmail.com. And as always, DJ Golden Boy. 89. 89. Play us out. No, no, no. No. (laughs) Unlimited power.
You're breaking my heart. <laughs> I have the higher ground. Nothing? <laughs>